It is now uh, 26 minutes before the hour of 9 Central African time. You are tuned in to Under the Radar here on <coughs> Radio Islam International. Uh, a big discussion point throughout the week has been restrictions or rules uh, that have been announced in Saudi Arabia relating to Ramadan. To be sure, there have been uh, similar announcements that were made last year. Uh, the message that had gone out spoke about uh, the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman announcing new orders to restrict Ramadan in Saudi Arabia. That's uh, how it was characterized. No loudspeakers, no broad broadcast of prayers, no etikaf without IDs keeping prayers short, uh, no collecting of donations, no kids in the masajid for prayers, and no iftar inside uh, the mosques. Now, uh, the person who had been quite uh, vocal about this and sharing messages uh, in this regard, as well as uh, explanatory notes, uh, is no stranger to our show. He's Sami Hamdi editor-in-chief at the International Interest. Uh, want to discuss with him this evening the backlash, if you, you would, to these messages, a counter-narrative that has been uh, provided, certain fact-checks that have uh, been sent out in the public arena, and uh, I would like it to be such that perhaps at the end of this discussion uh, there is greater clarity on the issue, uh, or if uh, you know people are still undecided on uh, the, the repercussions of this, at least to get uh, the perspective of Sami quite clearly. Sami, shukran for your time. Assalamu alaikum and welcome. Thank you for having me. So, uh, Sami, uh, just a, f a few background questions uh, to, to get to the clarification. Uh, you had sent out uh, this communique sometime in the week, uh, and uh, subsequent to that there were some responses, and uh, thereafter you put out a much more detailed explainer. Uh, if, if you could perhaps give us a timeline of... Uh, where this started and the sources, uh, the source of your information. The Ministry of Islamic Affairs of Saudi Arabia put out a communique to all imams and all mosques in Saudi Arabia. This communique was published in Arabic and it detailed the set of restrictions and orders for mosques that included ensuring that the prayers do not go on for too long, ensuring that dua is kept within specific types of dua that uh, reaffirm the ban on broadcasting prayers, but that also included now a ban on collecting donations for the mosques and also a ban on iftar inside uh, the mosques. So this was published in Arabic. Uh, and I set out a video with two minutes long, two minutes, 20 minutes, the usual style on Twitter, highlighting these changes and putting them within the context of Saudi Arabia, which is that as bin Salman has been pushing his de-Islamization drive, that has seen the ban on mosques using loudspeakers, that has seen the imams being tossed into prison for criticism, that has seen any criticism of the General Entertainment Authority utterly banned, uh, that has seen uh, these uh, invitations for Nicki Minaj and these others uh, to perform, that has seen a general reduction of the volume of Islam in Saudi Arabia in favor of increasing the volume of giant rays. 
This was about highlighting that this is the next step of Mohammed bin Salman in going after the way that Saudis celebrate uh, their Ramadan. And one of the things that's worth noting is that this communique was very similar to that which came out when bin Salman changed the education curriculum, when he, when he reduced significantly the hours that students spend on Quran, Arabic and Islamic studies. The communique that went out was that it was to focus on subjects considered more related to critical thinking. In other words, this was still this this communique that came out was still within uh, this idea of de-Islamizing the kingdom and restricting Ramadan. I wouldn't describe it as a backlash. What happened was that it appears that the ministry then put their communique through Google Translate and very quickly released an English version, which, when you read through the English version, does not contradict what was said in the original video but rather tries to present it in a different light. Instead of saying, I'm shortening the prayers because I don't want people to stay in the mosque, it says, I'm shortening the prayers because I don't want to worry the be hard on the worshippers. When it says, I don't want to iftar inside the mosque, it doesn't say because I don't want people to go to the mosques. It says because I want to preserve cleanliness. When it says that I don't want mosques to collect donations, bin Salman says, or the, the English communique says, it doesn't actually say this in the English communication in terms of where the alternative donations will go, but the point is the ministry said it will go to Ihsan, which is bin Salman's charity. Bin Salman who's introducing the giant raves is saying that the donation should not go to the mosques, but should go to his own charity, so he decides what to do with those uh, donations. As a result of this English communique, it caused, I wouldn't say a backlash, but confusion. There were those who said that, look, I'm reading it, and yes, it's true, but maybe it's not for the reasons that have been implied in the original video. Maybe it's not part of this de-Islamization drive. And what ended up happening was many people started to read, not many, but some, started to read the communique in abstract without applying the context of what's unfolding in Saudi Arabia. And this is why at the request of a friend of mine who suggested it might be a good idea, I did this extended video, which everybody can find the link to it on Twitter, they can find it on YouTube or the like, in which I set out exactly the context of each rule, which is that at the end of the day, when you think about the Khawarij, when they revolted against Ali bin Abi Talib, عنه, they didn't say we're revolting against Ali because we want power. They said we're revolting against Ali because we want to uphold Sharia, we want to uphold Islam. So in other words, the extended video is about stripping away the spin of that English translation communique and looking at the effect of that statement. What does this communique mean for Ramadan practically on the ground? It means that no iftar inside the masjid and it means that when you have iftar outside in the courtyard, the mosques should not be encouraging it by putting up tents, by putting up the celebrations, by putting up festivities. Instead they should keep it as bland as possible and my argument was that the reason that bin Salman is doing this is to make Ramadan less enticing. Bin Salman will not go out to ban Ramadan, but he will do his best to discourage it. Because when you look at an example of the banning of the broadcast of the prayers, bin Salman is not banning the concerts or the giant raves. He's not lowering the volume or the loudspeakers of the giant raves in the desert. But bin Salman is lowering the volume of the loudspeakers. In other words, the issue here is not noise pollution. The issue here is not... These restrictions have, that have been implemented are designed to very subtly alter the Ramadan experience in Saudi Arabia to quieten it in Saudi Arabia, to make it more quiet in Saudi Arabia. And I think that what ended up happening was before that clarification video, I won't say clarification, elaboration, 
there was this sense that maybe bin Salman in this has been wronged in terms of his restrictions of Ramadan. But I, I, I say it everywhere and I repeat it, that when you look at the effect of this communique, it has the following effect. It orders prayers to be shorter, dua to be shorter. It orders that supplications be within a defined text. So no more of imams talking about current affairs. And for those who think that's not a problem, remember that bin Salman deployed Abdurrahman al-Sudais, the imam of Mecca, to tell worshippers that Trump was the ambassador of peace. In other words, it's not that imams are being prevented from doing their own supplications, but that there will be imams who will be told by bin Salman to employ or to to deploy religious rhetoric to justify his policies. The ban on the broadcast of prayers is not about protecting the privacy of, of worshippers, but rather it's part of a long-term initiative in which last year, bin Salman implied it would even include Mecca and Medina. And the only reason he did not ban the broadcast of Taraweeh in Mecca and Medina was because the backlash was widespread in the Arab world and in the English world. For 48 hours after the announcement that the broadcast, that broadcast of prayers would be banned for 48 hours when the Ummah was saying, wait a minute, does this include Mecca and Medina? Bin Salman was silent. In other words, he was still gauging the reaction of the Muslims before he decided to make that particular exception. So when we're looking at the impact, we've got shortened prayers, shortened dua, restricted supplication. We've got the, the ban on the broadcast of prayers. Then we, we go into the part in terms of the the charity, you can't donate to the mosque directly. Bin Salman wants to be in control of where that money goes. I ask everybody listening to this interview, Bin Salman, who is investing billions in giant raves, in resorts, in building a new Kaaba of entertainment in Riyadh, building this huge structure in which it will be the state-of-the-art entertainment, which will be the centerpiece of his vision 2030. I ask you, if you are asked to give charity to the mosque or to give charity to Bin Salman's charity, where would you prefer to give your money? That's the question that the believer should ask to understand the ramifications of this. The other rule in it, and I know I've spoken for ages, but it's important people understand this. If they look at Clause 5, for example, which says that, they should, that mosques should choose their books wisely in terms of what they are doing, everybody has seen it, this sheikh, the imam of the Abdul Aziz Mosque in Dammam, one of the biggest mosques, Sheikh Imad Ambayir came out, he did a video on Twitter in which he called for two minutes. He said, I call on Muhammad bin Salman, my, my leader, my crown prince. I call on my leader, my crown prince, Muhammad bin Salman, to fear Allah in, his, in, in the attacks, he says, on the Islamic identity of Saudi Arabia. And I call on Turki al-Sheikh, his right-hand man, the head of the General Entertainment Authority, to fear Allah in the education of our youth. Within 24 hours, Imad Ambayir did another video, apologizing for any misunderstanding, clearly worried about the ramifications, and then he put a tweet saying that he fled the country. The Minister of Islamic Affairs, here's the point here, the Minister of Islamic Affairs, then gives an interview to Al-Ikhbariya, which is one of the Saudi national channels, and he's implicitly asked about Imad Ambayev and these trends that are criticizing some of the policies. And the Minister of Islamic Affairs essentially says that this is from a deviant trend. In other words, the criticism of the General Entertainment Authority, of the giant raves, of the bikini beaches, of the, uh, of the 
introduction of the, the whole WWE and the like, the introduction of allowing Israelis to enter, the loosening rules on hijab and on abaya, the criticism of this that Ahmad Mbayyad was making is deviant. So when you look at the rule, the rule says that mosques should choose appropriate books. When the ordinary Muslim reads it outside of the context, when they read it, it looks fine. When you read it in the context, it is catastrophic. It is so dangerous in terms of the Ramadan or what Ramadan means in Saudi Arabia. And then when you move on to the other points, for example, children not going to Taraweeh, anybody who's been to Ramadan in Saudi Arabia knows that suddenly the society becomes nocturnal. You see children out in the parks at midnight, at 1 a.m. after Taraweeh, they are playing around, there are services being provided, people genuinely go to have a good time. What this new communique says is, keep your children at home. Don't bring your children to the mosques when people are praying Taraweeh. In other words, when you look at this communique as a whole, the question that I pose is this, and I pose it at the end of the elaboration, that when you take all of this in together, when you look at the effect that, that it has, do these restrictions look like somebody seeking to promote Ramadan or somebody seeking to restrict it? And this is why I think that instead of a backlash, it was more confusion. And I think what frightens me more than anything else is that many people are unaware of what's unfolding in Saudi Arabia. They have no idea of the gravity of the de-Islamization drive that is being led by Mohammed bin Salman in Saudi Arabia. They have no, they are unable to appreciate the extent to which Mohammed bin Salman is in an aggressive push to drive Islam out of the public sphere. And I think one of the things that's worth mentioning here, and I appreciate the time that you've given me to speak for, for, the, for this length of time, but the point, one of the things that's worth, worth appreciating is this, that the reality is that Mohammed bin Salman's policies are clear for everybody to see. There are no secret in terms of the giant raves or the like. However, what is happening is that bin Salman deploys shock and awe tactics. He will threaten to uh, not broadcast Mecca and Medina, and then when everybody is shocked by that, he will allow Mecca and Medina, but bans all the other mosques. In other words, we are seeing this very gradual, not gradual, but much more aggressive now from Mohammed bin Salman to implement these policies, and this communique that went out. When people read it in abstract, they think this sounds reasonable. But I ask you this, did Muhammad bin Salman ask for the shortening of prayers because of the sunnah? Or did he ask for shortening of prayers because he doesn't want people in the mosques? Did Muhammad bin Salman ask kids not to go to the mosque for the sake of the worshippers? Or did he do it because he's trying to raise a generation detached from the mosque? Did Muhammad bin Salman ban people from giving charity to mosques because he wants to, he wants to be in charge of where it's spent and the like? Or did he ban people from giving charity to mosques because he wants to restrict the money and the finances that goes into the religious institutions. This is about, in, in the reality is that behind those words, in the context of Saudi Arabia, there is something dangerous at play. And the final point I want to say mm -hmm. is this. There are people who looked at even, even the Etikaf rule. They looked and said, what's the problem with somebody giving ID for Etikaf? In abstract, there is no problem with this whatsoever. But I pose to you this question. In a country where Mohammed bin Salman 
Salman is imprisoning imams for a tweet or removing imams from their position. I'll give you an example. There is an imam who put a tweet out in which he said it was uh, Sheikh Al-Mghamsi of Masjid Quba, very famous Sheikh, followed by millions on Twitter. I'm somebody who used to follow him avidly in, in, over the past decade. Sheikh Al-Mghamsi wrote during the corona period that this is a time in which we should make istighfar and I would urge the king to consider a pardon for those who deserve it. He was removed from his post because this tweet suggested that he wanted a pardon for Sheikh Salman Al-Uda and other mashayikh. In, a, in an environment in which Bin Salman is imprisoning these mashayikh, in an environment in which imams are being kicked out of their post for tweets such as this, when Bin Salman now asks for your details before i'tikaf, when he's asking not just for your ID, but the Arabic version says ma'rifat al-bayanat. Bayanat is a word used by authoritarian regimes, which means your complete details. In Tunisia, what they used to do under the Bin Ali regime, they used to order your bayanat to be given to do i'tikaf or to yes. go to the mosque, and then that would be used as the list for surveillance in which the government would then harass people. I ask you this, in a country where Mohammed bin Salman is arresting them left, right, center, is he the man you want to give your details due to do etikaf? Is he the, and this is why I think that many people read the English communique in abstract, thinking this sounds fine, but when you look at the context in which this communique has been published, it is a terrifying communique, and it has sweeping yes. ramifications for the way we celebrate Ramadan in Saudi. Yes, uh, Saudi, I don't have too much more time, so I just uh, request, if possible, uh, to be, uh, you know, to have some privacy with regard to uh, the, 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 the few follow-on questions that I need to ask. Uh, part of the confusion, would you say, uh, does also stem from the fact that some have uh, interpreted that these restrictions are going to be applied to the haram uh, to Makkah and Medina per se, and uh, when 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 people find out that it's not going to be applied to those, uh, you know, they, they, they kind of kind of uh, dispense of the entire crux of the message. Uh, is this a misunderstanding in your view as well? No, I think it's, it's, it won't apply to the Haramein, but the reason it won't apply to the Haramein is because last year when they suggested it would, there was a huge backlash. In other words, if Bin Salman could apply it, he would, but he's worried that there'll be a similar backlash from last year. The second point that's worth noting is this. People perhaps do not appreciate the extent to which many people follow mosques such as Masjid Quba, such as some of the Masjid al-Riyadh. Al-Riyadh, Abd al-Rahman al-Sudais was discovered there. Muhammad Ayyub was discovered in Masjid some of the household names that we follow in our recitation, they were discovered as a result of the broadcast of prayers from these other so-called local minor mosques. And this is why I think that while some people may shrug it off and say, yes, I don't listen to them anyway, I only listen to Mecca and Medina, I think that that displays one of those, it's the concept of with you, they came for the communists, I did nothing, they came for the Jews, I did nothing, then they came for me and nobody was there to help me. It's very similar to this in that what you're seeing is Muhammad bin Salman is tightening the noose but it's not tight enough yet for you to react and this is why I think that for many people even if it doesn't apply to the Haramein the first point is remember the reason it doesn't apply to the Haramein is because last year when they tried there was a huge backlash and bin Salman doesn't want to provoke it again and the, this and the, for the second point to note is don't underestimate how many people listen to these other local mosques and the reality is that when you look at these rules, Muhammad bin Salman is first of all silencing them and then also trying to confine 
Dine Islam to Mecca and Medina, trying to push it out as he essentially establishes Vision 2030 everywhere else. And I ask every Muslim listening to this, and I, and I leave this on this point, if Muhammad bin Salman were to offer you Mecca and Medina, but you leave the rest of the kingdom to him, is this truly something that we're willing to accept and willing to allow Muhammad bin Salman to do? And I think everybody will answer a resounding no. And this is why I think that for many people, they need to understand the context of what's happening in Saudi Arabia, because these Ramadan restrictions are very, very dangerous. Uh, there's also, just just as uh, the videos that you have prepared have been widely shared and have gone viral, there's also been, uh, you know, uh, subsequent, um, you know, so-called fact checks that have gone viral. Now, in terms of the consumption of information and differing viewpoints, uh, the, 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 the website that this comes from is a so-called Milli Chronicle uh, run by a particular individual. I don't want to go into the details now, but, uh, you know, uh, can, can we just look at something titled fact check? on face value and likewise on the other hand i mean uh, could could it be argued against yourself uh, that just as a, a particular website or particular person might have a very subjective viewpoint and might you know be, be amount to a lobbyist uh, could the, the same be asked of yourself that's the, almost as if you're the Quraysh saying to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how does your religion differ from everybody else? At the end of the day, it's all one God. It's all some prophets. Everybody has a book. Uh, at the end of the day, as long as we're good people, then it's fine, then we'll all go to Jannah. I think the reality is that it's much more nuanced and much more deeper than that. The reality is that I'm not entirely sure about this fact check that went around. It's, it's probably the first time I've heard of it. But the point is that when you're looking at what is happening in Saudi Arabia, going back in terms of did Sami put a slant on what he was saying. The reality is this. When Muhammad bin Salman significantly reduced the hours that students spend on education in Saudi Arabia, he didn't say it's because I want to remove Islam from society. He said it's because I want to create critical thinkers. Everybody knows that it's nonsense. Everybody can see all the critics being put in prison, but that's the excuse bin Salman made. In other words, if you're reading the communique from the education ministry, are you really going to believe what is written in that communique, that it's for critical thinking, or will you you see it clearly that there's a de-Islamization policy taking place. When Bin Salman says, I want to promote moderate Islam, I want to get rid of Wahhabism, and I want to bring back moderate Islam. When Bin Salman brings Mariah Carey or bring these concerts or giant raves or Haifa Wahhabi, all these others or the like, does this look like it, co it correlates with the moderate Islam that he's trying to push, given that it's funded by the General Entertainment Authority led by Muhammad Bin Salman's best friend and right-hand man, Turki al-Sheikh. And this is why I I argued the point here in context, in that yes, you are looking at the communique and you might be saying that Sami is giving us his interpretation of that communique. But what I'm saying is look at that communique and lift your head and look at what is happening in Saudi Arabia. Look at the new Bikini Beach at the gates of Mecca uh, in Jeddah. Look at the giant raids. Look at the changes in the education curriculum. Look at how the, uh, the Mashaykh and the Imma are being thrown into prison for saying to Muhammad bin Salman, Ittaqillah in the education of our youth. Look at all these things that are happening and then look at the communique. In other words, look at the communique. If it's an order from the government, find how it aligns with what the government is trying to achieve. Bin Salman is trying to achieve the de-Islamization of Saudi Arabia. 
and this new Ramadan communique perfectly aligns with it. Muhammad bin Salman has said, find me a reason where I can get people to shorten their prayers. And he found people saying, it's sunnah, let's do it. Muhammad bin Salman is saying, I don't want people in the mosques making dua and crying over Palestine or the like. Find me a ruling that enables me to do it. They said, it's sunnah. He said, I don't want people to give money to the mosques. I want to control what finances go into the mosques that I want to quieten down. They said, there is sunnah for it. In other words, Muhammad bin Salman has crafted the communique that looks fine when you read it in abstract, but when you look at what's going on in Saudi Arabia, the changes, the exciting changes that many people are talking about in Western circles, in the think tanks and the like, it's abundantly clear that this is not about Sami Hamdi, this is not about the chronicle that you mentioned, this is not about the opinions of people, this is about the reality unfolding before us and the extent to which we are going to continue making excuses for it or finally saying, look, there's something very serious happening in Saudi Arabia, something very dangerous, and we need to stand up to it and say to Mohammed bin Salman, you cannot play with the Islamic identity of this country. And the final point I'll make is this, for those who are unaware, Mohammed bin Salman, last year and this year as well, he's applied it, he changed the date of the history in which the, the government, in which Saudi Arabia was founded. Anybody who knows history knows that Saudi Arabia has always set the date of its founding as the date in which Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab and Muhammad al-Saud shook hands together and said, we are going to re-establish Islam as the primary, as the, as the form of governance. What, whether you agree with what happened afterwards is irrelevant. The point is Saudis have always said that we are not a tribal state, we are a state that emerged as a revivalism of Islam. Whether it's true or not is irrelevant. The point here is that they put Islam at the heart of what their state is supposed to represent. What bin Salman did is he changed the year from 1744 to 1727, essentially saying that Saudi Arabia was not established based on this promise of upholding Islam. It was established as a tribal endeavor by Muhammad al-Saud when he was just a county chief outside of Diraiya. And the picture that he uses of Diraiya has no minarets on it, even though at that time it would have had minarets. In other words, the messaging is clear. What I'm saying to people is this. Muhammad bin Salman is in the midst of a rabid de-Islamization policy in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. These new rules for Ramadan look like they are good, but hidden in the lines is more restrictions on the manifestation of Islam as Bin Salman pursues a vision 2030 in which Islam is practiced only in Mecca and Medina Absolutely. and in which everywhere else he will start continuing to open the nightclubs, giant raids and transform Saudi Arabia. Uh, Samia, thank you so much for summarizing your viewpoint and uh, clarifying uh, the the uh, discourse that uh, obviously has got many, many people talking across the Ummah and across the world. I thank you so much for your time. Barakallahu feek and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Allah ibarakallahu alaikum wa rahmatullah.